It's time. John Gruden's our guest, head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. JT, the brick, great talking to you. Hope you're well, man. It's time. Well, you know how we want to play, JT. You know me probably better than anybody out there. It's time for the JT, the brick show. We're going to play old school football. JT, the brick on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Can't wait to play in that stadium and get this party started. You got no idea. Here's your host, JT, the brick. JT, as we continue back here Thursday on Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m., and we're brought to you by our good friends at the Henderson Hyundai Superstore, Boulder Highway in Henderson. They got the super deals you're looking for, and with this heat, a reminder, you could buy a vehicle over your phone. That's how simple it is. It's like buying an iPhone, downloading the app, looking online, the Henderson Hyundai Superstore. I've gone through it. They'll deliver a car right to your home or workplace. It's that easy. But if you want to go down and take a look at all the vehicles in stock and their award-winning finance team, Frank and his team is ready at the Henderson Hyundai Superstore, Boulder Highway in Henderson. Okay, a couple of things I want to get to. If anybody went to their seat preview yesterday and had an opportunity to go to Allegiant Stadium, I did yesterday and had one hell of a good time. It was fantastic. And as I said, I've been in the stadium many times last year with games, but with no fans. So yesterday was the first time I was in the stadium, like many, with fans just walking around and going to my seat and having an opportunity to walk around and see the stadium with human beings and fans and people happy. And most importantly, kids. I saw a lot of kids, my buddy Jersey Joe Haro and his wife and his son and Bumped into a few of our listeners and Raider alumni and Raider staff who were there. I brought my buddy Todd with me, and we we had a great time. Got a cold beer, which was nice to see the beer taps flowing because uh, many times when I was in there last year, the beer taps weren't even on. And there was plastic over the cast registers, and the refrigerators were closed. And it was really cool yesterday because it was vibrant. And there were fans in there. So I went to my seat when I got in there, sat in the seat, took a couple pictures, and just sat back and looked at the sight line, which was great, which my seats were, you know, right at the Twitch Lounge, which is nice. And there there was staff working there and bartenders and, and people showing people around and a lot of fans having a good time there. So that was fun. And then I decided to walk up to the torch. So I went around the lower concourse and then took the elevator excuse me, the escalator up to the torch. And there's just something special about that, everybody. First off, the base of the torch at the bottom where the escalator is to go up to the torch. uh, I really looked at the torch and went around it and saw how beautiful it was, the base of it, and how enormous it is. It's just an enormous, enormous base at the base of the torch as it goes up through the stadium, which was great. And then when I got off the escalator and got off the Coors Light landing and walked around, I ran into former Navy running back, my former partner with the Las Vegas Outlaws, Napoleon. Napoleon's great. Napoleon McCallum is fantastic. He was there with Barry Sims, former Raider offensive lineman, some of the alumni that were there. And they were talking to fans and signing autographs. And uh, we had a nice conversation about how happy they were to be a part of the alumni department and to be there and have a really good time. And then and then I decided to walk through the 200 section and sit in a couple of those seats. What I wanted to do is get a couple of sight lines of what the stadium looked like at different vantage points. 
And that 200 section, if you have seats there, there's not a bad seat in the house, period. Every seat in that building's great. So walked around the torch area, uh, the Raider section where they have the Hall of Famers, and saw a couple of the you know big standing plaques of the Hall of Famers that are there up against the wall. That was cool. My buddy was really amazed by how many Raiders are in the Hall of Fame. And then, you know, players who played for the Raiders who were in the Hall of Fame. So we looked at that for a little bit and then decided to go to the 300 section. And I've never been to the 300 section. And we went up there and walked around towards the 40 and 50-yard line. And I wanted to sit in those seats because I'm going to sit in those seats for concerts. And there's going to be opportunities where tickets are going to go on sale for other events. And PSL holders are going to have the opportunity to buy them. And look, if you don't want to sit on the floor or in the uber expensive seats that are in the lower deck, uh, those are great seats too. I think I'm in the 200s for Garth Brooks, but I sat in the 300 section and sat there for a while. And those are great seats. And then I ventured up to the 400 section, getting some steps in and walking around, air conditioned, beautiful, cold beer in hand. And then went to the next section, which was the 400 section, which would be considered the upper deck. And those seats were brilliant, too. I mean, fantastic seats. If you're sitting in the 400 section, I understand why you got those tickets. Fantastic seats. So overall, I'm pro stadium. And I liked everything about the stadium. And my buddy Todd, who I asked, what's your big takeaway? What do you think? He goes, man, I I didn't understand it was so Raider-esque. And that's a perfectly way to describe the stadium. It's Raider-esque. I'm watching a lot of people post, two of my friends in L.A., at SoFi Stadium, and it's gorgeous. I mentioned that yesterday. But you don't have the feel of the Chargers. You don't have the feel of the Rams. You don't have the artwork that they have in Vegas. You just don't have the feel. From what I've seen, and they're going to host the Super Bowl, and we're going to go there hopefully for a game this year if the Raiders, when the Raiders play there. But it just didn't have the look of what we see at Allegiant Stadium. Hey, also, one other quick thing I want to wrap up if you had your preview and you saw your seats was really the big takeaway is they want you to go through this and go through this walkthrough so you understand how to get into the building. So I downloaded my tickets on my phone like we're all going to pretty much do. And the key was that I went to the section of the stadium where I was supposed to go to to enter, to get used to the area where my seats are. And it was beautiful. There were a couple of people in front of me, and I walked right in. And everybody on the staff was happy and welcoming everybody. But the key is, at this stadium, you need to go in where your seats are. You know, back in the day, depending on where you ever went to a stadium, you have a ticket, you go in anywhere. And they say, hey, go this way, this way when you get in. That really shouldn't be the case here. They want you to enter where your seats are so it will keep the flow moving. Because if they have to tell people, no, you can't come in this way, this is the club section, you can't come in this way, your seats are on the other side, I'm sure they'll be accommodating, but that was really important because the staff had to turn a couple of people away in the section I was going into because they were trying to get them comfortable with where they should sit. And that's really important because when you look at that, yesterday it was 107 degrees when I pulled up and parked. And we got out and we were wondering if we, we were there a little bit early, if we were going to be able to go in or we'd have to wait online. We didn't want to wait in line in 107 degree heat for 10 or 20 minutes and the staffs and the ticketing staff at the gates were accommodating and we walked right in. So it was an overall fantastic experience. 
congratulations to everyone at the Raiders and everybody who has a season ticket, a PSL, a ticket to get in the place. That is fantastic to me. It was a lot of fun. I spent about two hours in the stadium yesterday walking around. I was surprised with how many people I saw and people that were so happy to be there with their families and to get that drive walkthrough and really feel comfortable with the atmosphere in there. It's going to be amazing. I think it's going to be the best experience in all of football. I say that, no doubt about it. I'm biased. I'm really biased with the stadium, and I hope that everybody who has the opportunity to get in and go to that first game or a concert or two before that or a UNLV game really has the experience to walk around. And for me, it all comes back to the torch and to be up in the section with the torch at the Coors Light Landing and just relax and look out at the window at the open lanai that'll look back at the strip and be able to sit there at that giant center bar. It's a great place to meet friends and to say, hey, where are you going to be at halftime? Let's meet at the torch. Meet at Coors Light Landing there. And it's very accommodating. It was fantastic. Uh, One quick Raider news story, according to Pro Football Talk, as we told you, offensive tackle Sam Young is back with the silver and black. Young's agent, Drew Rosenhaus, told Pro Football Talk that his client has agreed to a new deal with the team. It's a one-year pact for Young in the silver and black. Young signed with the Raiders last May and started seven of 11 games, which I knew, but I really didn't know it was that many. Seven of 11 games he played in for the team in 2020. Sam has played in 103 games over 11 seasons in the NFL. He also played for the Dolphins, 49ers, Jaguars, Bills, and Cowboys. Colton Miller is the left tackle for the Raiders. Alex Leatherwood ticketed to start at right tackle. Young gives the team experience depth behind those players. And, you know, they wrote this on Pro Football Talk, said, and he would be an alternative should Leatherwood not be ready for week one. You know, he's a good player, and he can play in this league, and there's going to be guys who were dinged up and banged up on the offensive line. So that's an important signing here in regards to the depth of the Raiders and what's going to happen with the depth of the offensive line. Because with Rodney Hudson gone and Gabe Jackson gone, and we know the fact that we got rid of the guy who should be gone in Trent Brown, the Raiders have to add depth and guys who can come in and play. Uh, Vic Tafer added on this. He said, mention this as likely before Mayock raved about Jared Jones-Smith. Young, 33, started seven games at right tackle last year. And Vic went on to write third-round pick Brandon Parker, further buried on the depth chart. And, you know, for Brandon Parker and competition and Tom Cable and what's going to happen there, they'll figure out the depth on that offensive line. But the good news is the Raiders do have depth on the offensive line, and they're going to have to go to it, and they're going to need that depth this year because we've known one thing about this Raiders offensive line. I'm a big fan of Tom Cable and always was a huge fan of Rodney Hudson, but it's great to see this offseason not a lot of fanfare with the offensive line. After the drafting of Alex Leatherwood and knowing that Colton Miller is on the verge of being a pro bowler at left tackle, This offensive line does not need any press clippings, and they don't need to read how great they are. The last two, three years, going back to Oakland, every year this offensive line got all this praise about how great they were, and they were never available. 
So we're done with that. There's no more talks about the Great Wall of Oakland. No one's sitting around talking about this team. This offensive line, I believe, should have a big chip on their shoulder. And they're going to be very quiet, and they're going to be a part of the depth chart of this team, and we'll see how they play. I'm really excited about Andre James, everything I've heard about him. Richie Incognito, Nick Martin comes in, uh, John Simpson, Sam Young, they're going to have depth here up front. And these players, Jimmy Morrissey, who was taken in the draft and everybody seems really high on, and then the star. Yeah, I'm going to say he's a star because he's a first-round pick in Alex Leatherwood. These guys are going to deserve a nickname. I don't know what the nickname is going to be, but I just want it to be quiet. Let it be quiet and let these guys earn their nickname and earn their status. It'll be a big year for Colt Miller, and hopefully Alex Leatherwood will be healthy and ready to go because he's going to be a big part and an important part of what this offensive line does right out of the gate. You don't want to worry about left tackle and right tackle and center. And then we have a bunch of guys on this team that will be able to move in and out at the guard position. They have plenty of depth at the guard position, and I think they'll be okay there. But Miller at left tackle has got to be great this year for Derek Carr. And Leatherwood has got to be a first-round pick, and he's got to play like a first-round pick. Uh, One other NFL story before we come back. The USFL is relaunching in 2022. Four decades after the Spring Football League's short-lived run. Remember who played in that league? Reggie White, Herschel Walker, Steve Young, Jim Kelly. So the new USFL announced earlier today that they'll play next spring with a minimum of eight teams and it will deliver high-quality, innovative professional football to fans. We'll see how that plays. The USFL's return could result in two pro leagues playing football in the spring. The XFL has been targeting 2022 for the resumption of play after owners Danny Garcia, Dwayne Johnson, and Redbird Capital Partners purchased the league out of bankruptcy in 2020. I mean, how many chances are they going to give the XFL? Planning for the XFL's 2022 season has been on pause since March when it entered into negotiations regarding hooking up with the Canadian Football League. Fox Sports has a minority equity stake in the company that owns the new USFL. So get ready for Fox Sports to shove that down your throat going forward, the return of the USFL. Look, it provides more jobs and an opportunity for more football players to play and stay in shape. We'll see how this plays off going forward, but... You know, I don't believe in football having really a big shelf life other than the NFL because we're so passionate about college football in this country and the NFL and letting the NFL breathe in the offseason. A lot of football fans don't want football other than the NFL because they go to other sports and they take a break from football. Well, now you're going to have the XFL and the USFL competing for that space. I have no idea what the plans will be at all for Las Vegas if Las Vegas is interested in this at all. 702-365-9200. Again, if you went and saw your seat in any of those viewing opportunities over at Allegiant Stadium, tell me what that was like, how you enjoyed it. I'll be back in the stadium tomorrow on Friday. We're off on Friday. There'll be a Raider luncheon that I'm emceeing with a couple of Raider alumni, including the great Raymond Chester, who I love, gold standard, Robert Gallery 
former offensive lineman, and please be good to Robert Gallery. He's back within the Raider organization. He might not have lived up to the hype of his second overall pick, but he's part of the Raider family, and he's doing a lot with the community here, so we really appreciate that. Stanford Route will be in attendance, and former linebacker and good friend Kirk Morrison will be at the stadium tomorrow for a luncheon, which I'm really excited about. It's a draft recap, and I'll be interviewing those alumni right there at Allegiant Stadium. Let's continue on. Uh, 702-365-9200. Still stinging from the Golden Knights loss. Man, they played great in that game. You got to be proud if you're a Golden Knights fan. But tomorrow night in the Fortress is a must-win game. It's the beginning of this team coming back in the series, or it'll be the beginning of the end. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's a must-win game. It's a big game. As Las Vegas hosts Game 3 of this Stanley Cup playoff round, and it's a must-win. And they got to win, and they better win. For our partnership here at Lotus and all the fans that won hockey for another month here in Vegas, as you're listening to Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. just human nature you know we do things for a while and naturally we just want to be like ah okay like I got this like I got this figured out but it's really realizing that you know this game isn't gonna give me anything I'm not entitled to anything just because you know I've I've put a couple years together Uh, I still have to you know like people say rings do every day you know I still have to show up and work just as hard and uh, just to put myself in positions because I still can't control the results at the end of the day I still can't control a lot of things but I can always control how my effort my preparation and my attitude and uh, those are the things I try to control. And me being somebody that the team wants to look to as a leader uh, with this franchise, you know, I want to display qualities that are admirable and that young players can look at and see, like, okay, he's really doing it. He's really walking the walk. He's not just talking it or, you know, resting on his laurels. That's Darren Waller who's going to join us in about 10 minutes. JT, back with you. Thanks for joining us today on Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. We're brought to you by Grimaldi's Cold Fire Brick Oven Pizza. Must have for anyone craving great pizza. Five locations here in the Valley. Find the nearest Grimaldi's near you and go have some great pie, the best pizza I've ever had. Again, Darren Waller coming up in a little bit. Ashley from Sam and Ash is going to check in. She loves to talk sports, our personal injury attorney. So Bobby went through the sound yesterday. Damon cut it up. We appreciate that on uh, the four Raiders who spoke to the media. And I want to spend some time talking about Henry Ruggs III on what he needs to do this year. He was asked about his role being defined and what he expects this season. Uh, of course I'm ready to assume a bigger role. I mean, last year it was, for me to describe it, it was a start. Uh, and that that's pretty much the best way I can describe it. It's something to build on. It's a starting point, and we're just going to build from there. And, of course, like I said, ready for, you know, take on a bigger role and help my team in a, in a bigger way. Yeah, he has to take on a bigger role. It's one of the biggest storylines, I think, of the offseason. And what John Gruden and these offensive play callers, John Morton, Greg Olson, they got a lot of experience, a lot of experience when it comes to the Raider offensive coaching staff. John Morton and Greg Olson have drawn up every play you could imagine and worked with so many other players on other teams, and they've been here for a while with the Raiders, and we know John Gruden in the fourth year in the system. Ruggs has got to be open. They've got to find a way. I don't know what it is. 
to get him on the move and get him more touches. And if he's able to do that, it might be because he got bigger this offseason. Ruggs talked about his weight training. Uh, yes, that's been that's been one of my one of my main points of emphasis, and I mean, it's just just constantly um, just trying to eat all the time, and you know, going hard in the weight room, and it's it's been paying off. That's a big part of what he needs to do because he's fast and the speed's not going to go away, but the ability to get off of blocks at the line of scrimmage and just be stronger with his forearms and his shoulders and to do that, and he looks incredible. I mean, I've, I've really reached out inside the building to find out more on him, and everybody says he's one of the most talked-about guys now at OTAs. He came back. He's in shape. His workout routines, he looks fantastic, and that's going to be big, and now running routes better, more defined routes, hopefully much deeper routes. Uh, well, first it was hot. I can say that, but I mean, it's, I mean, it's what we do every day. We're in Vegas. We're used to it, so... I mean, it's always, it's always fun to get out there and run routes and I mean, just get better and, and build that chemistry with the team. I mean, this guy, when he sprints and he goes all out down the sideline, it's like he's running by everybody, and that's got to be a case this year. He's got to be a distraction. There's got to be a couple of long balls to him that will open up the middle of the field. I think we all know that. And finally, he talked more about what he needs to do, the – overall scheme and how he has to develop in every area seems like rugs is really mature and fast i mean i can i can always develop in all areas so i mean adding strength adding you know versatility you know moving around moving different positions running different routes you know expanding my route tree just doing doing different things finding different ways to help the team out you know that's 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 pretty much me so i'm i'm open to all of it and you know, I'm excited going forward to, to learn and, and do new things for the team. Chemistry is really important with him and Carr because with Carr, the ball's got to come out early. I've always said this because I, I was privy 24 hours before that draft pick when they decided to go down the road of rugs over CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy. The way I looked at it was this was guy who was going to touch the ball behind the line of scrimmage. He was going to get the ball quickly, a step or two into his route, slant, very quick pass to him, and then he would explode upfield. And he had a lot of respect from defensive backs when he came into the league. I mean, they were doubling him. They were bringing a safety over to his side. A lot of people were worried around the league about Henry Ruggs. And Darren Waller, who's going to join us coming up here in a bit, he got all those receptions. He was the target. And I believe this year the natural move to get Ruggs more targets will be key. Also, Trayvon Mullen, who met the media yesterday, I really like what he has to say. Coming from Clemson, he's the best young defensive player in that defensive backfield, and he's got to really be excited for all the guys who showed up coming into OTAs. It's good that a lot of guys came to OTAs, uh, come together, uh, learn each other, learn the new teammates. Um, it was imperative because we got a new defense coordinator, a uh, new defensive staff, a uh, new system. Um, so really excited about that, um, being, having a chance to be around the guys, um, learn each other, learn the calls, be able to um, you know, have some camaraderie and so we can uh, be better than we were the uh, year before. This is a big year for Mullen, obviously, because it's a different OTAs with new coaches coming in there. So the amount of reps he's able to get against a very good offense is only going to make him better. For me, I feel like the, uh, it's going well. Uh, as, a, as a defensive group, we're all coming together uh, step by step. Even with mistakes, you know we got to fix it. It's a new system. Uh, those things are going to happen. Uh, 
But I believe if we just continue to stay together, um, be with each other, uh, play as a unit, um, and continue to grow, then we'll be fine. Um, I'm happy with the guys that we have here. Uh, I feel like we're going to grow and be something special. I'm really impressed with how Mullen got through that first press conference. And I watched it, and you can watch all of these conversations at Raiders.com. And for the defensive guys who spoke to the media, and you're going to hear more and more about Gus Bradley coming in with his new approach, here's Mullen on his new defensive coordinator. Just the way he uh, is as a person. Um, you know, he care a lot more about just the football. Um, he want guys to, you know, to be a part of each other, be a team, um, learn together. Uh, you know, he's going to uh, put us in the best positions. He's going to give us the best calls. Um, we just got to go out there and play together. Um, and one thing he told us is never to call is the players. And that's true. We got to go out there, um, come together, play as a unit. Um, and that's how we're going to accomplish our goals. You know, Mullen did a great job playing for a unit at Clemson. I mean, he was a shutdown guy. He was also a ball hawk. And I think this system with Gus Bradley is going to open him up more in the coverage schemes where he's going to be able to jump routes more knowing he has better help behind him. I really think that was the weakness last year for all of these young defensive backs is they didn't have a lot of confidence behind them because no one was lined up correctly. So Mullen talked about this, and it's better than ever as he comes in this year refreshed with these teammates in the new system. Yeah, I feel like I'm better than ever. Um, I train hard this offseason. I'm still going hard, uh, learning this new system. Um, Helping the young guys, being around the young guys, uh, even helping me get even better. Um, uh, being accountable uh, of a lot of things. Uh, uh, trying to be that leader for the younger guys and so I can be good for myself and as a team, uh, for my teammates. Um, but I feel like I'm better than ever. I'm prepared, I'm ready. Uh, I practice hard, um, my fundamentals, and just the way I approach each day. Fundamentals, big part of Gus Bradley. Got to have the fundamentals down so he could give you more and more and more of his playbook, which is supposed to be less complex than what these players went through last year. Again, I, I had no problem with Gunther. He didn't deserve to come back. He was the guy that had to go because the defense obviously didn't play at a high level. And now Gus Bradley's giving them something that's supposed to be a little bit more simpler, a system that has been proven in the past with the Legion of Boom and young players who have similar talents. These guys are supposed to be able to fit in and pick up this playbook a little bit more easier than the complexities of the playbook on defense last year, which at times looked like a mess to me, sitting up there in the booth and looking down and seeing guys just flat out sitting with Eric Allen and seeing players lined up wrong as the huddle broke. They just lined up wrong. So this is going to be a big deal, and Mullen finally talked about the young guys. This is a Young defense, but being young, no excuse this year as the Raiders need to win. I'll say Nate, Nate Hobbs, uh, young guy. Um, I feel like he's going to be really talented. Uh, he practice hard. Um, he go through his drills really well. Um, I like the way he approaches practice. Um, I feel like he's going to be a, a real good uh, player for us as long as he just uh, keep his mentality up and just keep going hard every day. Um, Trey is doing very well. I'm happy for him. I'm excited to see uh, how he, he's going to uh, transition um, to this system. Um, and the way he's approaching every day is like he's ready and prepared. I'm happy we played all that. Great job by DeMond for cutting it up and for Bobby getting it into the show. I wanted to hear that. I wanted everybody else to hear that on Raider Nation Radio so we could get into this and talk about what's happening here. 
what is happening here with this young team and the maturity level on the defensive side. I'm very interested in what is going to be happening going on and what's happening going forward with these young players. Arnett, to me, is key. I hope he sounds that way and we can hear more from him. And he's more available and we find out what he thinks about with the system. And that's it. It's all about the system. The system under Gus Bradley, which many people are assuming is going to be a very good system going forward uh, to get everybody lined up and being in the right spot. Important to me because this is an important time for the Raiders. Everybody has got to understand on defense what they need to do. The defensive line has been improved. There's going to be a new way and a rotation with this defensive line, so the legs should be fresher. And if the defensive line gets home a little bit more, like everybody's been telling us in this system, it's going to help the young defensive backs on the back end. And especially Trayvon Merrig and what he's going to be able to do, more of a ball hawk if John Abram is up in the box and tackling more. But those are young players. Not a lot of experience, depending on what happens here. So Casey Hayward is going to be critical. Casey Hayward is going to be critical going forward with his ability to step up and be a shutdown player. And if he could be a shutdown player, that's going to take – I'm not talking about shutting down one-third of the field like Deion Sanders, but just being a guy that you can put one-on-one on a best receiver and say – You know, Casey's over there. He's got that side of the field. Because all these teams that the Raiders are facing, especially early in that schedule, got a number one and a number two who can really, really make plays. So somebody's going to have to have a borderline Pro Bowl year or build towards that. And who is that guy? That guy is going to be Trayvon Mullen. And that's going to be really important at this time. Trayvon Mullen has got to be the guy that we don't have to worry about. 702-365-9200. We're waiting on Darren Waller, who we're going to get in here in a few minutes when he checks in, along with Ashley from Sam and Ash, before we wrap it up and get out of here on what should be a pretty good weekend here with the Golden Knights. If you're going to the Golden Knights game on Friday, I'd get there early. As soon as it opens up, it is going to be super hot in the plaza out there. It is going to be boiling at game time. Interested to see how they're going to handle the ice which they always do perfectly, but with the doors open and people coming in, what's supposed to be 107, 108 degrees. So that's going to be pretty crazy overall. And then you're going to have a lot of fans coming in, fueled up, ready to go on a Friday night in Vegas. It's going to be flat-out insanity. I hope it's the loudest T-Mobile has ever been. I mean ever. All right, now we get a chance to know a guy who knows T-Mobile because he spun the siren. The Pro Bowler, Darren Waller, joins us. Darren, thanks for doing this. I hope you're doing well. How are you? What's up, JT? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? Really good, and good to hear from you. Before we get into you and playing, uh, Golden Knights got a big game up there. You seem real comfortable, and they're very accommodating when you come into the building. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was, that was uh, my first game that I went to. I had a blast, honestly. They took good care of me, and uh, uh, Foster came with me. They, uh, it was an amazing experience. Awesome. It really looked like you had a good time. So before we get into this season, coming off that great year you had, did you get a chance to turn it off and unplug for a little bit? I know you have your music, all the work you do with your sobriety and in the community. Did you get away and have a good off season? Yeah, my off season has been good. Uh, I took the time that I needed to, you know, just work on myself internally and to allow myself to rest and recharge. So I feel good about, you know, the path back to getting ready for the season and, what it's looking like right now, we really ramping it up 
mentally and physically with uh, the game plan and just, you know, the ins and outs of our craft. So I'm, uh, I'm excited about this offseason and heading into the season. Anything new with you with your training? We don't want to give all the secrets away, but a lot of guys, when they find success at a level like yours, they try to tweak it, tweak it a little bit more in the weight room or with cardio. What would you do in the offseason? Um, yeah, I feel like if, if anything, uh, last offseason in the summer, right before the season, I was doing a lot of boxing, so I was just carrying that over into my entire offseason now, just doing like boxing workouts and uh, you know, just sticking to all the – same cardio as I like to do, just mixing it up and really pushing me to my limits. So uh, not too much has changed, just a little bit more boxing. How comfortable are you with this playbook? When I talk to Coach Gruden now, the fact that he doesn't have to instill a new playbook year in and year out, there's not a lot of change. When you look at some of the younger guys coming in behind you and how comfortable you are with the playbook, are you looking forward to it expanding a little bit more for you this year, even coming after all the receptions and yards you had? Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm very comfortable and I, I feel like my comfort only lasts, you know, as, as far as, you know, how much time I'm putting in the playbook and I'm putting time in, you know, I feel like I'm on top of all the details and then I can, you know, regurgitate that back to younger guys in the room and other guys that are lining up in the offense. And if they may seem a little bit confused, I can just be like, yo, do this, this, this. So it's just all about staying in the process, staying on the small details and, you know, and that turns into film, watching other guys and seeing what other guys on the league are doing. And if it's the route that, you know, I feel like goes within our offense and our scheme, you know, I'll bring it up to the coaches or the coaches will let me know that they're challenging me with something new. So I'm always looking forward to new challenges. Darren Waller joins us. Where are you as a film study guy? Do you have a mentor with that when you look at the technology in the Henderson facility and what you can take home at night? Has that been advantageous to you? Are you a guy that wants to see the opponent now? You know, Baltimore, I'm sure it's a game you have circled. When you look at other defenses, secondaries, and guys who are going to put their hands on you at the line of scrimmage. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I look at other teams uh, at this time, but most of my time at, at this point is watching uh, – other guys, uh, like for me, I watched. I've been watching uh, Antonio Gates, uh, Julio Jones, Demarius Thomas from when he was in Denver. Just watching like a mixture of guys and seeing like what they do and things that I can add. So we've been watching a good amount of uh, you know Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Their pressure looks as an offensive unit, getting ready for them. But in my own time, especially in these months of like April, May, June, I like to watch other guys and see what they're doing and things I can add to my game. Darren Waller joins us. You know, Gus Bradley's getting a lot of talking points this offseason because this new defense and the structure of it, and a lot of fans know what his tendencies were in Jacksonville as a head coach, but especially going back to the Legion of Boom with that defense there. Are you excited about that, running plays in practice and seeing a new defense where you're going to be getting a lot of new looks because you know a lot of teams are going to be doubling you? Um, yeah, I mean, it's honestly, I could tell the first day of the OTAs, there's an energy shift on the defense just with the enthusiasm that they have out there. They're talking and communicating to each other loud, and, uh, and just, there's just a new enthusiasm there. So I'm excited to see that and see them be in a more simple scheme where they can really just let their talents show and see who can really just play a simple brand of football and just be detailed in those simple schemes. So. It's been fun. It's been it's been a, a challenge and competing against those guys. So I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing what they accomplish this year. You're still a young player in this league, Darren, but you got younger players on this offense with you, especially the offensive line. But I want to 
you know, stay with the receivers here. When you look over and you see Ruggs and you got Renfro and Edwards is another guy, Aguilar's gone. Uh, with him being gone as a veteran, what is your role going to be as a mentor to these young offensive receivers to help get them going this year? Um, For me, I feel like I can just offer them the perspective of, you know, you don't have to take the field trying to impress a whole bunch of people or to prove people wrong or anything like that. You can go out there and have fun and trust that the process that you're on, as long as you're preparing and giving forth the best effort and the attitude that you can, like it's going to work out in your favor and you're going to become the player that you can become. So it's not about getting tense or letting pressure get to you, but it's more about, you know, just trusting the process. You know, things don't work out early. That, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a problem. And more, and more so it means just testing your character, making sure that you're ready to handle the success that's going to come your way going forward. So I just try to let them know that, you know, they don't have to be anybody different or, you know, try to go out there and, you know, prove the whole world wrong. They can just, you know, be themselves and they can enjoy the process along the way. Hey, finally, what's going on with your personal life and sobriety and how you're helping others? I know that's such a big part of your footprint here in life overall and the balancing that we've talked about. You've been very kind with your time with me over the years. What's changed and what more are you excited about going forward within the community? Um, yeah, I mean, I just try to spend as much of my time giving back as I can because, you know, that's really the most fulfilling thing for me um, when things aren't just about me. So, uh, it's, you know, things through my foundation, uh, getting, like, grant programs in order to send people to treatment, uh, doing stuff for the kids in the Clark County schools because, you know, their usage of drug drug rates are just through the roof now through the pandemic and everything. So it's just really trying to be there for them and offer my experiences and resources and things like that to – help them make better decisions but you know that's that's what i'm all about you know just trying to be in this community and let them know that i'm not just here to you know be pampered or celebrated but i'm here to serve as well absolutely you're getting used to this heat what about today you're getting used to it because you got to be out here a few years to get used to heat like this yeah it's hot for sure <laughs> but i mean i'll take uh i'll take 115 out here any day over above 90 plus in georgia yeah no humidity, no bugs other than the scorpions. I'm sure with your home and your lifestyle now, someone's told you about the scorpions, but the pool and jumping in and cooling off is a big part of this. Darren, I really appreciate you making time for us. I'll see you at the facility soon. Thanks for the time. All right, JT. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Darren Waller. What a class act. Uh, Just a pleasure to talk to that young man. What a diamond in the rough for this organization and the backstory to find him and to bring him into this community, into this team, having the year that he had, looking forward to more conversations and helping him with what we could do with his foundation. When he says, hey, I'm doing this, Raider Nation will get behind it because that's what the Raider Nation does. Real quick break, we come back, Ashley, from Sam and Ash. What happened over Memorial Day? She's got the stories. A little bit of crime on the roads. What's happening now? Man, slow down, slow down on the roads. Take it easy, even out here in deep Summerlin. Hit those stop signs and lights. Don't go through the yellows. They're yellow for a reason. Calm down. We'll talk to SamAndAshLaw.com next. Ashley joins us. She's always great. Just a soft call, but I can't even blame the refs because you know they're they're fighting through 
the the embellishment of of uh, you know grabbing your face or falling down or dropping your stick you know every period so you know I, I, I can't even blame the referee on it they they, they fooled him on it Peter DeBoer yeah there should be some nerves there the refs blew that game did you hear what I said the refs blew that game you don't call a penalty like that in overtime JT back with you salmonashlaw.com is where we go all of us go Ashley from Salmonash joins us Ashley, are you more worried about your Lakers tonight in an elimination game or what's happening tomorrow night with our Golden Knights down 0-2? Oh, man. I think I'm more worried about our Golden Knights, guys. Uh, you know, we hit the – how many times do we hit the post last night? Four, Four times. times? Yes. Oh, unacceptable. I mean, we're so close. And at this point in the season, we've got to be putting those on net. And so that's why I'm a little more nervous. The Lakers, they've got a lot more problems. So I don't know. But you become such a Golden Knight fan. When I started a fan, when I started watching games with you and Sam early, you know, you're into it. But now you're part of this community and you love it. And you understand the importance. They should have won that game to make it 1-1. And it's a completely different vibe on Friday night than 0-2. And your back is up against the wall. But I, I think we're both confident because they played a really good game even though they lost. Yeah, absolutely. Coming off of game one, that was that was embarrassing. That was tough to watch as a fan. And so what you really wanted to see last night was the team come back and, and play hard and play accurately and, and strong. And that's what they did. And we, you know, we got hosed. We hit the post too many times and we didn't get it finished but I, I'm confident I'm much more confident I think we're going to pull it out and you know the tough part about away games you you hope to at least split and so we're just got to hold court absolutely you better believe it this has to be a sweep at the fortress and hope to come back again Ashley's our guest salmonashlaw.com tell me about Memorial Day in your industry is it chaotic is it is it worse than it always is with all these holidays because of the drinking, the speeding, the freeways, the surface streets? Tell me what this Memorial Day was like and some of the phone calls you received. Oh, my gosh. Well, JT, did you go out on the roadways at all this this past weekend? Yeah. Yeah, it's insanity. Yeah. It was it was a war zone out there. So I was out there. And, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. You have a lot of people that are, are not locals so they don't know where they're going and even locals don't know where they're going because they're going to parties and so they're all over the roadway they're speeding they're running red lights and you know the, my best advice for people is if you're sitting at an intersection and the light turns green and you're in the front row give it two seconds wait a little bit make sure that intersection's absolutely clear because there's no point in rushing through and getting hit by someone who's trying to save themselves and just running a red light I insist on that. You know, I have two young sons who drive, and I always tell them that when you get to a red light, don't go through the yellow, that your life, you have a long, long life. An, an extra half a second, two seconds, stop on the yellow or try to slow down and don't go through the yellow. But then, as you said, the rear-ending accidents because there are people behind you. What is that like in court when you're, you're going to stop at a yellow, but there's some lunatic behind you who's speeding up and doesn't think you're going to stop and they rear-end you? Oh, I know. It's so tough. You know, it's sometimes a catch-22 for drivers. You worry, like, if I go in the intersection, am I going to get hit? If I stop, am I going to get hit? But if you think you can stop safely at a yellow light, you need to do it. And if someone hits you, God forbid they, they're not paying attention, they hit you, you're, you're in the right. You have, you have the obligation to slow down and, and stop at that limit line and, and hope that the drivers behind you are paying attention and doing the same thing. And 
But, you know, that's what Sam and I do on a day-to-day basis. We argue yeah. these cases and we get accident reconstructionists in, experts to help tell, tell the facts and explain it to a jury and, and get the results our clients need. Last one on this, when I, when I think about all the insanity on the roads and people, what they're doing, we have a favorite local establishment, which I won't mention, but a lot of people are coming out of downtown. This is just downtown related. They're coming out of downtown casinos in a one-way situation around Fremont, and they, they don't know it. So they know when they come out of a garage, it's one way, and then they try to get left to get back on the freeway, get left, and they can't. And I'm hearing about people going down one-way streets, let alone the freeways. How big of a story is that? Oh, my gosh, JT. You know, <laughs> it, oh. is, it is a huge story. When you're in an unknown spot, like spot downtown or anywhere, you've got to pay attention and figure out if it's a one-way or not. And, you know, especially on these freeway off-ramps, people are treating them like on-ramps, and it's so dangerous. And we, the, But at the end of it all, what we need is sober drivers. There's too many right. people that are driving intoxicated, and I'm hoping that the governor allowing for surge pricing with ride shares puts more Uber and Lyft drivers on the road and helps eliminate this uh, drunk driving epidemic we're having right now. Maybe we can call that to JT the brick law because as I told you before anybody, we were going to have an Uber problem, right? On this show and we have it and I need my Uber for first Friday and I need it for the Golden Knights. So get this (laughs) thing going. We'll Uh, we'll send you a car, JT, to get you down to first Friday. Don't worry. Yeah, you know, you called it. When you start messing with economics, supply and demand... Absolutely. The economics have hit the Ubers and the Lyfts, and it's affecting our listeners who just want to be sober and go out for a cocktail. Tell everybody how they can get in touch with you, everybody how they can find you. You guys are always available 24-7. Yeah, absolutely. 702-820-1234 or salmonashlaw.com. You know, we're always here. No question or concern is too small for just a simple call or email. We're here to help and answer questions and, and get you solutions. Text me over the weekend. If you guys are out, I'm going into the Fortress Friday. I want to be coming out there with a win with good momentum. So find me, okay? Okay, I will. I will. Victory there drinks. She is. The victory drinks. Thank you. There she is, Ashley. SamonAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right. She is absolutely a rock star in this town. And she is a great personal injury attorney who could be your friend and help you get through all of this. Call Sam and Ash Law at 702 820 1234. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, or salmonashlaw.com. Thanks to Darren Waller. That was really cool. Ashley's always great. It's fantastic to have her on and all of our other guests. Crack, we had Bill Krakenberger who was on today, and he was outstanding. Bobby, tremendous week. I'll be on tonight on Mad Dog Sports Radio, 7 to 10 p.m. It's an elimination night potentially for the Lakers. And then tomorrow night over at the Fortress, hope to see you out there for what is a must win. And the Vegas Golden Knights must win. Don't be afraid of saying must win in sports radio because it's going to be really important there that they get the job done. And I hope they do. I am really confident. One minute. But I'm not that confident. I'm really confident, but I'm not overly confident. How does that sound? All right, Raider Nation, unite. Have a good time. If you've been able to see your tickets or go, you're going on Saturday to that other ticket preview, have a great time. Enjoy it. Enjoy Allegiant Stadium. A lot of news today was released on parking. I know a lot of people are concerned about walking, parking. It's all up there now. No complaining. You know what's happening. You're not going to change it. You're not going to alternate it. That's what it is. So get your head wrapped around it so you could have an amazing experience inside what is 
the best stadium experience in all of sports, Allegiant Stadium. Have a great weekend, everybody. I always appreciate you listening. At JT The Brick on Facebook and Twitter. Ten. Have a great one. Have a good night, everybody. All right? Take care.